This is our number three of the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. And this is the program where each Sunday we get together. We talk about the news of the week and the events of our sometimes bizarre lives. We do so in an entertaining, informative and unique fashion. And our number three, Leah, is um, normally when we get a little bit, a little bit crazy, a little bit different. Uh, We talk about things that no other talk show host would ever dare to talk about. Uh, mainly because our focus is on creating interesting and compelling content, even if it makes the host look bad. Um, and oftentimes that's what happens, at least with regard to me. I don't know about you. You you, you usually come out looking pretty good. Um, as you know, Leah, I have a probably, I don't know, maybe you would agree, maybe you wouldn't. Uh, I probably have the oddest set of uh, things that make me somewhat noteworthy. I'm by no means a celebrity by any stretch of imagination, but I'm I am known to small groups of people in this country for a very odd and diverse number of things. Would you agree with that? I mean, to, to, absolutely. I mean, to some... probably, namely that you love to pick uh, non-popular topics. <laughs> <laughs> right. In other words, somebody unpopular is in trouble. John Ziegler will be there to try to help. <laughs> You're uh, the contrarian is what you right. are by nature. All right. Well, here, for, here's the record, though. I mean, some people know me as the Sarah Palin guy because I did a, a, an interview with her after the 2008 election, which was the basis of a movie called Media Malpractice and became her de facto spokesperson for about a year. I'm also the uh, How Obama Got Elected guy, that website, that a uh, viral video of Obama voters, the morons that they were on, on Election Day 2008. Those, those two things are obviously connected. Some people know me as the Tiger Woods guy. Uh, um, Some people know me as the David Foster Wallace guy, the guy that (laughs) David Foster Wallace, the famous uh, uh, author who died or uh, committed suicide a few years ago, who profiled me in a 23-page cover story for Atlantic Magazine, which is really how a lot of people, especially in the liberal elite uh, of, say, New York City, that's how they still to this day, if they have ever heard of me, uh, they go, oh, wow, you're that guy? Um, I can't believe they read the whole thing. Oh, well, uh, you know, Atlantic <laughs> Monthly is a big deal in the in the elite <laughs> in the elite uh, circles of New York City. Um, some people probably still remember me as the OJ guy. Um, I actually, that's the one um, designation I probably don't get nearly as much, uh, for lack of a better term, credit for. Uh, because I firmly believe, Leah, that without our efforts on O.J. Simpson, while they were indirect, I think they were vital to why he's currently in prison. I agree. Uh, um, and, in fact, the guy whose who stuff O.J. stole in Las Vegas that night would be the first person to tell you that without John Sickler <laughs> and with an assist from Leah Brandon, none of this would have occurred. Um, and so, anyway, the point— Many of these also almost involve an arrest, but go ahead. <laughs> That's true, although technically I've never been arrested. I've been detained you at, have a, been. at a, a Katie Couric event outside of USC uh, in Los Angeles uh, because uh, she was getting a journalism award for that Sarah Palin interview. But I've never been technically arrested. I have, I have come rather close. In fact, I came rather close again this week. But for some reason, I, I have a pretty good sense of where that line is. Um, and it's never happened before. Uh, and it hasn't happened yet anyway here's the here's the bottom line um of this and that is that when i see what i sense is an injustice 
and there's nobody else who's willing or able to try to fix it, and I find myself in a position to do so, I'm stupid enough, and I do mean stupid enough. That's not a humble brag. I'm I'm dumb because, uh, you know, it is clearly not in my interest to get involved, but I feel compelled to do so. And I And it's more than just... You know, from an ivory tower, writing an Internet article or, you know, going on the radio. That's for, you know, amateurs. <laughs> um, <laughs> when I get involved, I really, really get involved. Yeah. And I've taken it to a new level, for better or for worse. Which I, is just unfathomable to me. Because why? Because I just don't see how you can ever fix this. I agree. I agree. And what I'm referring to is it's a, it's a story I've alluded to many times in the history of the John and Leah show. And we've done a few segments on them. But since we've expanded the 15 different stations nationwide, including New York and Los Angeles, I've never really come f- and done the full, you know, Monty, so to speak. I've never done I've never outed myself. And this does, by the way, feel like I'm outing myself. It almost feels like I'm, I'm making a confession. That's because you are almost because. To most people, they're going to think I'm insane um, if, if they're not familiar with the story. But re- regarding this, I, I feel very much almost like people used to must have felt like when they came out as being gay. You know, now, of course, being gay is awesome. I mean, like, I, I, I wish I could come out as gay. I mean, that'd be so freaking cool. People would love me if I could come out as gay now. So instead of coming out as gay, I now have that same sensation that people must have felt, you know, back in the dark ages about coming out as gay. It's coming out as somebody who believes that after having investigated more thoroughly than anyone ever should the so-called Penn State Jerry Sandusky scandal, after doing that for over three years, I have come out as someone who not just believes that Jerry Sandusky might be innocent. I'm positive he's innocent. And what is so amazing about that statement, Leah, is that to the vast, vast, vast majority of the public, they think that's the akin to saying you don't believe in the moon landing. Absolutely. Or or, or maybe even almost to the point of you don't you know, you're a 9-11 truther. And Look, the name um, alone makes stomachs churn. And I mean, I can't. And what was so ironic about this, you know, how much disdain, how much hatred I have for the 9-11 truthers. I mean, yes. I, I it's the one interview I've ever done in my entire broadcasting career. When those 9-11 truthers came into the studio uh, when we're doing a show in KFI and I lost it. I mean, I, yeah. I, I tried really hard to contain myself, and I could not because I hated those people that much. That's how much I have disdain for conspiracy theories that have no basis in general and those guys in particular. And the fact that I now get compared to them, oh, it drives, <laughs> drives me crazy because— I, I don't even. <laughs> I can hear the venom oh, in I, your voice. Well, but Leah, you know, I I am the most anti-conspiracy person that there is. Human, I know, human, which is why you're in the middle of this, which is very bizarre. Right. So I mean, and so when we come back, I'm going to tell the story of how I got involved and why I went to State College, Pennsylvania, this week to, as I I promoted it last week on this program to rummage through some white trash. Um, and <laughs> there's bo- a lot of it there, apparently. And, and boy, did I rummage through some white trash. Uh, this is, you know, you're going to want to stick around regardless of how crazy you think I am. But I can assure you, folks, 
I am positive. That's what's so amazing about this story is I'm positive I'm right. It's not a suspicion. I am positive. And Leah, have you ever known me in our in our you know dealings with each other, both professionally and personally, to be an expert on a subject, be positive of something, and been wrong? Have I, has it ever happened? No. Okay. Just checking. All right. Well, when we come back, you won't want to miss what you'll hear. You'll definitely only hear it here on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. She is Leah Brandon. And how appropriate that the Flash <laughs> Flashdance music. This was not planned because if we had planned it, I'm sure we would have screwed it up. But um, <laughs> it's amazing because uh, I went into Pittsburgh uh, this week, although that was not the intention. My intention was to go into State College, Pennsylvania through Philadelphia. But, um, you know, my life being what it is, Whatever can go wrong will always go wrong. And so I went to State College to rummage through some white trash to further find evidence to back up my belief or not. Believe me, frankly, Leah, I don't know if you realize this. I would like nothing more than to be proven wrong about my view of the Jerry Sandusky Penn State scandal because I could get a huge weight off my shoulders and move on with my life. Unfortunately, that's never going to happen because I, I know I'm right. So... Uh, to tell the Pittsburgh element of the story, I was I was supposed to fly through Philadelphia, then into State College, because you know State College is impossible to get to. It's in the middle of the state of Pennsylvania. My flight from LAX to Los Angeles gets canceled. I mean, not just delayed, canceled. And there are no there's no other way for me to get there. I mean, there's nothing except there's one flight with like one or two <laughs> seats left to go into Pittsburgh where I would then have to drive from Pittsburgh to State College. Okay. I, I get on the flight to Pittsburgh, um, and, I'm gonna, I, and the whole time I'm thinking, I'm going to get so hosed on rental car. i got a three-and-a-half-hour yeah. drive. It's gonna be, you know, I'm not going to be able to drop it off where I pick it up. And you know, thankfully, <laughs> through an absolute whim, I, I, I don't even know why I decided to do this. I'm going through the airport in Pittsburgh, and I've talked to you before about how when you go through the airport, there's two statues in the Pittsburgh airport that you have That's to right. pass, George Washington and Franco Harris. <laughs> and I, and I suddenly, the Pittsburgh Steeler legend, NFL Hall of Famer, and I suddenly think, gee, I wonder if, Pitt, if Franco might be available for dinner. Now, it's it's 645. He's an NFL <laughs> Hall of Famer. And he's been working with me on there. I've been working with him on this story for three years. We've gotten to be pretty close friends. So I literally call Franco up as I'm passing the statue. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, sure. We're like 15 minutes from the airport, my wife and I. Let's have dinner. So that salvaged a, a horrendous Sort of circumstances. Uh, so Franco uh, Harris took me to dinner, pays for my dinner uh, with his lo- with his lovely wife. Um, but then I have to drive three and a half hours. I get in a car accident in the rental car. Oh, good gosh. See, someone's trying to tell you something. Don't go. Don't go. Well, wait a minute. See, others might tell you that there was a little angel over my shoulder because you know how when you're in an accident, I don't know how many accidents you've been in. But you can tell usually if there's been damage or not. 
I oh, thought sure. I thought for sure there was damage. No damage. No damage to my car. No damage to the other car. We exchange phone numbers. I move on. Then, you know, getting from Pittsburgh to State College is not easy. It's not, <laughs> and it takes like at night, especially it's not easy. And there were detours and it was it summer construction and all that. So I'm driving along thinking everything's fine. I get pulled over by a cop, not even realizing I am speeding like 30 miles over the speed limit. Oh, good gosh. I never get out of speeding tickets. Ever. This guy let me go. Uh, so, again, the angel was over my shoulder. So, <laughs> so, so. That's one way to look at it. Well, believe, trust me, I never get out of tickets. My wife has never gotten a ticket because she's a blonde-haired, good-looking woman. Me, a white guy, I got no shot. But I, I got out of a ticket. So, anyway, so back to why I even went to state college. Now, I got involved in this Penn State story really from the focus of the fact that I was sure that the Joe Paterno angle made no sense at all, at all, none. And my instincts have long ago been totally vindicated on that. Uh, Paterno has had his win record restored. The NCAA took back all those ridiculous penalties against Penn State. Eventually, Paterno is going to have his statue back. To be clear, even though I grew up in the Philadelphia suburbs, had no connection to Penn State, didn't even really like Joe Paterno that much, though I respected him. I thought he'd stuck around too long. But there was no way the news media figured out that story as complicated as it was in two days. There was no possible way. I'm still trying to figure out little details four years later. All right, Those morons did not figure it out in two days. And for people, who have, and I guarantee most people listening have no idea of the details, here's, no. here's all you need to... Here's how I want you to think about it, all right, folks? Here's how you think about the whole Penn State, Paterno, Sandusky case. It's like two different, well, it's like three things. Hitler's big lie theory, where the bigger the lie, the more people will believe it. Number two, similar to that, it's global warming. That's the glo- It's the entire global warming thing where experts tell us the debate is over, it's clear what's happened. We're not going to show you the data. We're not going to check the math. And, oh, by the way, you're a bad person if you disagree with us. You're a denier. You're a <laughs> And then so take global warming and add child molestation into the mix so that yeah. everybody's head completely explodes. Rationality goes out the window. And then add a legend like Joe Paterno being in the mix. It's got huge ratings. It's a, an incredible passion play, a a Greek tragedy, and it's a perfect storm. It's also the inverse in every possible way of the O.J. Simpson case. In every possible way. In O.J., you had a huge celebrity who was black and good-looking, and you have the race issue. You've got massive amounts of evidence, but you've got people not wanting to acknowledge that that evidence is real. It's all exactly the opposite of this case. And so when we come back, I'll tell you how I got more deeply involved in this than I ever should about my trip, where it all goes from here. Stay tuned to the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network.
Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. And I'm telling the uh, very abbreviated story of why it is that I spent most of this week in State College, Pennsylvania, rummaging through white trash, trying to get to the very, 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 very bottom of a story that most people don't care about anymore because the media told us it's over, It's we know what it is. Much like global warming, the debate is over. There was a scandal at Penn State. Jerry Sandusky was the worst pedophile that's uh, ever been known. Uh, Joe Paterno and others at Penn State helped cover it up, although most people who have followed this now know that was complete balderdash. Um, but I believe now that the entire story was a fraud. And it's really not even that difficult to understand. It it takes more than 30 seconds, which, Leah, I think is probably why you are very doubtful that I'll ever be able to fix this, because yep. because it's too complex. And yep. the media is, is so broken, and it just – I totally agree with you that the story – is too cold and too dead and and too complicated. It's not that complicated, but it's too complicated for the news media that has a huge, massive incentive to keep this thing buried. Because <laughs> this is because if I'm right and I know that I am, uh, then they are all the biggest idiots that have ever lived, and they have caused massive, unprecedented damage and injustice. And it's it's been kind of weird to live for the last year or so, knowing that one of the biggest news stories of this century in this country is a myth, not just a little bit of a myth, a huge myth. And I'm not a conspiracy person. I'm an anti-conspiracy guy. There's a website with all the details that I have spent a ridiculous amount of time on over the last three years which you can find for yourself at www.framingpaterno, framingpaterno.com. It's figurative, not literal. It's a bad title, but I came up with it <laughs> over three years ago. On the fly. Right, well, <laughs> um, and and so, uh, and so and just so people know, I started on this odyssey believing Joe Paterno had gotten railroaded there, but that Jerry Sandusky must be guilty. And then I actually interviewed Jerry Sandusky in prison, still believing he was guilty. And I actually broke the rules of the Pennsylvania prison system by recording it surreptitiously. And I went on the Today Show. Not once, but twice I went on the Today Show. The second time I went on the Today Show with Matt Lauer doing the interview was with Jerry's wife, Dottie Sandusky, a year after I had gone on the first time. And and by the way, that was one of the – there's nobody, <laughs> Leah – my, my career has been a disaster in a lot of ways, but there has never been somebody who's pulled off more miracles to no benefit to themselves than me. Getting Matt Lauer to come to State College to interview Donnie Sandusky. On a he sto- came to her house, yes, correct? I got because that was the only way we can do it. I, that, that, that's the, he wanted to see the scene of the crime. That, that was the most amazing thing I've ever pulled off in my entire career. For a story that was dead at that time, um, you know, late it was spring of 2014, um, and uh, you know, to make that happen, and to and by the way, to make sure that Dottie was prepped for it, and you know, she had never done a, a major interview in her whole life. It's crazy, but there's so many layers of crazy in this story. I can't possibly get to them all in a very short uh, hour. So I want to I want to abbreviate as much as I can. So here's my problem, Leah, and you and I have discussed this periodically. I'm as I've gotten deeper and deeper and deeper into this, and I have 
uncovered every rock there is before I came out as somebody who believed that Jerry Sandusky was in fact innocent because I knew how toxic that was. Matt Lauer declared my career dead on the Today Show, which, (laughs) by the way, I've always felt like, hey, look, you know what? If your career is dead, that's a pretty cool way to go out, right? I mean, if it's going to be dead, at least have Matt Lauer declare it dead in, in as nice a way as he possibly could. Live on the Today Show. They, you know, that's going to probably be, you know, on my on my uh, tombstone. Matt Lauer oh, yeah. declared my career dead uh, on the Today Show. So um, when I saw that you were going down this road, I was like, oh no. But you know me well enough to know I wouldn't do it unless I was sure. And, yes, but this is the hill's too big to climb. It, I still believe it is. It's absolutely too. But, but what was I supposed to do? Walk what, away. Okay. But I I walk away when I'm the only person with the knowledge, the potential ability, and the balls to do anything about it. But you can't fix it. You You can't fix it. And I'll tell you why you can't fix it. Even if every single thing that you say is true and all of the mountain of evidence you put out there... Jerry Sandusky's interview with Bob Costas is never going to leave people's minds. Right. And that is the number one thing that people are going to go, oh, my gosh. Well, you know what's ironic about that, Leah? That interview with Bob Costas. And by the way, I've, I've been in more communication with Bob Costas than any other major media person, even more than Matt Lauer, since this thing began. And I don't, I'm not going to speak to what Bob Costas really believes, but gun to my head, I would say Bob Costas agrees with me. And I think that Bob Costas has some guilt about that interview. And, um, and it was that interview. Here was the ironic part. That was the first time I ever even thought it was possible that Jerry Sandusky might be innocent. Because to that time, I presume, well, my God, the people at Penn State couldn't be that freaking stupid to do what they did to Joe Paterno unless they knew for sure that Jerry Sandusky was guilty. Then I heard that interview. I'm like, wait a minute. You're telling me that this guy was a horrible pedophile for 30 or 40 years and he was he couldn't answer the question, are you sexually attracted to young boys? That's not possible. It came it, across that he was lying to me. No. Now, here's let me tell you what the real story on that is, Leah, because I've. I've spoken to him in prison. This is the way the guy talks. You tell Yes, you, but see, no one is going to buy that, Zig. Uh, I understand that. No but one is going to buy that. Well, by the way, if you look at what he answered there, he said he was not. He, may, he definitively said he was not. I think he was just simply shocked by the question. By the way, he was never supposed to be doing that interview to begin with. I, I'm getting bogged down here. I understand what you're saying is true because perception is everything. But when right. you really break it down... And that interview actually makes it ludicrous to believe that Jerry Sandusky was the person that he had to be for this all to be true. The whole case basically wraps around what people don't understand, many things they don't understand. It wraps around one kid, no longer a kid, a guy by the name of Aaron Fisher, so-called victim number one. He wrote a book. He's the only of the accusers to make his name known, the only one to do a major media interview, only one to write a book. And he was the only accuser for two years of an investigation. Two years. They had squat. It was all on this kid. Well, I went to go visit his house and his mom's house this week. Uh (laughs) And when we come back, I'll tell you how that went on the John and Leah show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. 
Welcome back. This is the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. She's Leah Brandon. And we continue with my uh, story of why I uh, traveled to State College, Pennsylvania this week to rummage through some white trash. Uh, Here's the very short version. I have been investigating the Penn State Sandusky case for over three years. I believe the whole thing is a myth. It all revolves around one person. Actually, two, because his mother was very, very key here. One person named Aaron Fisher, who was so-called victim number one in the case. And and Leah, just to review, because I'm not even sure you know all this. Not only was he the only accuser for two years, and if he's lying, then everything else about the case is bullcrap. Because it's all built on him. And that's a fact. You can, you know, you're just going to have to take my word for it because we've got a very limited amount of time. So if he's lying, the whole thing is is a house of cards. And I have reached out to him and his mom. And his mom originally agreed that I would to take my deal to pay $10,000 to the charity of his choice for him to take a lie detector test. And if he, right. and if he passed it, not only would I pay the $10,000 to charity, but I would apologize publicly and take down anything revolving around him off the website framingpaterno.com. His mom, who's a lunatic and a drunk, and who was posting on my Facebook page before we ever had any contact. I mean, she was attacking me. And I said, hey, look, Don, what about a lie detector test? She says, sure. The next day, he backs out. It never happens. Gee, I wonder why. So the Philadelphia Inquirer, fast forward, does a feature on how victim one in the case is finding his voice and learning to deal with all that he's had to deal with, the, the difficulty of being a Sandusky accuser and getting millions of dollars for this story that makes no flipping sense. So, um, and in the midst of that story, he gets about asked about me. And he's, he's, <laughs> of course he does. And he says in the Philadelphia Inquirer, I want to shake his hand like a man if he's willing to do it, you know, basically calling me out. So I immediately Facebook him. I said, hey, big guy, tell me when. <laughs> when do you want to meet? Just give me a time and a place. I'll fly in from Los Angeles. Let's do this. Of course, he backs off of that. But. You know, I'm still considering this to be an invitation to his home, right? Somebody says to the Philadelphia Inquirer, I want to shake your hand. That's an invitation. So this week I decided to try to take him up <laughs> on the invitation. So uh, I go to State College. I do a few interviews. I actually, not in State College. This is outside. Boy, this is the boonies of the boonies. Um, this is Pennsylvania, as they refer to it. But oh, wow. I, I go outside of State College, very, very rural area. Um, do a few interviews, and I get my first major video flip. Uh, one of Aaron's best friends since the year that the allegations are allegedly starting, back in 2006, that's when Aaron claims this started to happen, when he was 12 years old, one of his best friends from that year to today, still one of his best friends, does an on-camera interview with me. Knocks it out of the park. He's sure Aaron's lying. Not only is he sure Aaron's lying, this is a guy who has certain elements of his personality that make him exceedingly credible. I, I haven't released the video yet because the state police of Pennsylvania don't want me to yet because they want to give people protection uh, for who whoever's you know I, who I'm interviewing. This is a fact that I was told by the state police of Pennsylvania, don't release your interviews yet. We need to give them some protection because we right. believe Aaron is dangerous because Aaron has threatened me physically, has has threatened my life. 
This is this is a, a sex abuse victim has threatened mm-hmm. has threatened to run me over with his truck that he bought with Penn State money. But some of which, by the way, he has posed on bed on a hotel beds, giving the middle finger to the camera and posting on Facebook. This is rolling a, in the cash that he got. Rolling, right, it's right. all over his body. Right. It's this is it's absurd on its face. He's lying, and and he you know, that's why he won't take the lie detector test. He 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 told everybody from day one he was going to make money from this and he was going to buy fancy cars. His mom did the same thing. His mom, I believe, put him up to the whole deal, and I believe she was involved in a similar case with her brother, and and that's how she learned how to do this. So. I go there and and I go to Aaron's place. Unfortunately, he's not there, but I take some photographs of his not one but two houses, two, because the first one wasn't big enough. So I guess not. So he he builds a second one right next to it. Then I go to the mom's place, and the mom, just like she said, has a nice big house where her dogs can roam, a lake, uh, a big pool, but she's got more than that. In the garage. A three-car garage, she's not there. The first car, the one she uses on a daily basis. By the way, these people were destitute before this whole thing happened. Destitute. In the middle of this investigation, she thought she was going to get evicted from her government housing, okay? She she wow. was She was money-obsessed, uh, and I have all the proof I could possibly need on this. So, so she now has this big house with a three-car garage. I knew that one of the cars in there would be a Porsche, that's right. I've seen the pictures of the Porsche. I've a decent, seen them. A decent Porsche. I didn't know that the third car, the third car would be a Mercedes. A Mercedes. Now, folks, forget about all the evidence or lack thereof in the case. Do the math in the real world in your brain for any mother on the planet. This is right. a woman this is a woman whose story, if it's true, is the following, and I'm giving you just the bullet points. She marries a woman, a man, marries a man. She marries a man named Eric Daniels, who is currently in prison, convicted after Jerry gets convicted, on a hundred counts of child molestation, including molestation against his own child, who she writes in Aaron's book she knew was physically abusing her children. That would be enough guilt for any mother to last a lifetime, right? Right. Then on top of that, her story is that for three years, she fed her son, her 12 to 14-year-old son, to the worst pedophile ever known to man, Jerry Sandusky, so that she could go out and drink. And would, boy, did she drink. I mean, she is a, she is, she's a, she's a slime ball. All right. She, she's the worst possible mom you could possibly imagine going out using Jerry Sandusky as a babysitting service so that she can go drink without having to worry about her son, Aaron. And so for three years, a hundred times this is alleged to have happened, according to his testimony. Although his timeline totally changes, his story totally changes, it makes no sense. But at, t- at trial, he claimed a hundred times this happened, and the mom had no idea, which is absurd. It's a, That's a ridiculous. I mean, just doing laundry alone, if your 13, 14-year-old son was engaged in a hundred acts of oral sex with an old man, you'd find some evidence of it. But, but according to her story, let's buy the story for a second, Leah. According to her story, she had no idea, and all of a sudden, later at 15, Aaron very slowly comes forward with his story. She would have, would she not, Leah? enormous guilt, right? She would have... Oh, yeah, for sure. She would have so much guilt, she wouldn't be able to go out of the house. Right. Instead, she's using his money. It's not hers. 
his money to not only buy a nice big house, which, okay, I'm fine with that, but a Porsche and a Mercedes. Yeah. No chance. That's white trash. You found some white trash, that's for sure. But there is no chance that that's a mom who believes that she facilitated her son's child molestation or, or, or the abuse by Jerry Sandusky. No way. The only way she can engage in that kind of behavior, buying a Porsche and a Mercedes, is if she knows that she didn't facilitate that child abuse because she helped manufacture the story. And the facts bear that out. The only logical scenario that makes any sense bears that out. And their reaction to me bears that out because I'm the enemy in all of this. They, yeah, you are. Uh, and and she, her first reaction to me, which ought, what, what ought to be, if, she's, if her story is true, Leah, and someone came to you as a mom and said, guess what? You're not the world's worst mom. Your son was not sexually abused for three years under your watch as you fed him to a pedophile. What would be the normal mom reaction there? Oh, relief and happiness and right. oh tell my me, gosh, tell thank me more. you. Tell me more, right? right? Right. Instead, I'm the bad guy. Call the police on me, which is hilarious because I never called the police on Jerry for three years and a hundred <laughs> counts of molestation. But they, they threaten to call the police on me constantly. These are bad, bad people who are lying. And I'm, I have proved it, proven it as much as anybody possibly could. But the news media never bothered to check the math on this story. We accepted things that are ludicrous as true. And on that, the avalanche was created. Well, my belief, Leah, and this goes back to our, our experience with O.J. Simpson. I'm a big believer in pressure. You put pressure on, eventually, like O.J., you're going to fumble, and he's in prison because of it. This is a Correct. much more difficult situation, but you know, successful reality TV shows have been created on the concept of putting white trash under pressure and you know, basically breaking out the popcorn. And it is very clear that since I have left state college, the Fishers, Aaron and his mom, are in complete and total meltdown mode. Total meltdown. And let's just say it might be being further facilitated by the fact that Aaron is learning that his fiance might have some things in common with people from Ashley Madison. And so my belief is, my hope is, that this meltdown will eventually result in something that triggers the avalanche going in the opposite direction. I don't believe that's going to happen, but I think it's possible. Uh, but I know, more importantly than anything, I know I'm right. And I know this is an important enough truth that it has to get out. And I'm the only one that can. If someone else would take it off my hands, I'd be thrilled. I've taken more arrows on this than anybody oh, yeah. ever deserves. I've been attacked on things that are ludicrous. The most absurd is people think I'm trying to do this for my own benefit. Are you flipping crazy? You have to be <laughs> insane. This has been the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I don't even like Jerry Sandusky. His wife and I battle all the time. It's, But I know I'm right, and I know I'm the only one that can do anything about it. So what am I supposed to do, Leah? What am I supposed to do? A man is going to die in prison, and I, I can't live with myself unless I've done everything I possibly can to bring out the truth. I mean, what else can you do? You're basically stalking victim one. Yeah. I mean, what else can you do? Well, there's other things. There, there's. <laughs> believe me, I've been working other tracks. There are other. There's still a few things out there that can be done. I think uh, it's too high of a mountain to climb. Oh, now, it is. I will say I'm wrong if it comes crumbling down, but I'm telling you, I think it's a waste of time, and you could do something else with your energy. But I couldn't live with myself. 
That's the well, problem. There's no, look, there's nothing you can do. I mean, we can get to bang right. your head against the wall. Well, thanks so much for that, Leah. I'll see you next week. <laughs> okay. Freespeechbroadcasting.com is the website for the podcast tomorrow. This is the John and Leah Show. My name's John Ziegler.